Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. It is a game night. Edmonton hosting the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oilers nine games left in the regular season. They basically have to run the table to even have a sniff of a playoff possibility. Orders now brought to you by Digitex. PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT plotters, software, and now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan. Saving your company money, all your devices managed at digitex.ca. You can reach us on a River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. We are going there momentarily to join Brian Burke. for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Keep texting us, 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Not your small-town dealership with a new, huge, state-of-the-art facility. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. As we do every Thursday. Well, last week it was Friday, and I was in the bird flying to uh, Arizona. So I missed my opportunity to have an interview with uh, Brian. I know Brendan uh, Escott pinch hit and uh, brought up the fact that uh, the Wednesday night uh, show a week ago just wasn't the same. It was a much weaker show not having Brian Burke on the panel. <laughs> Brian, how you doing? Good, Bob. Thank you. You're very kind. Yes. Well, uh, you know, I hey, I get it. By the way, Brian, we're continuing to get... I, I, we, I got two texts today saying, how much money does Burke want to be to be president and GM of the Edmonton Oilers? And I know you've already... Uh, I had another guy say you had the same question asked you about Anaheim on the Anaheim show the other night with Josh Brewster. But uh, anyhow, uh, that ship has sailed. Is that correct? That ship has sailed. All right. But, uh, it's always flattering when people ask. Yes. Uh, and you probably never thought you'd hear it here in Edmonton. <laughs> no. No, I never did. I, and, Brian, I just want to establish 97% of our listeners are really smart, but we got to get those that, that other 3% to stop asking that question. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Uh, look, today I, I, I uh, did a panel. Uh, with John Shannon uh, and Bob Nicholson with their season seat holders. And the situation is what it is. The Oilers are uh, in, in dire straits to make the playoffs this year. It's been a disappointing year. Todd McClellan's been fired. Pete Shirelli's been fired. Uh, and these are not easy events for organizations to host and fans 
rightfully so, are really disappointed, especially when a franchise misses the playoffs or on the verge of missing the playoffs 12 out of 13 years. Um, I am of the belief, Brian, that the only way we get better is with real criticism and the people, you know, and, and real critique, and you've got to be able to handle that as well. The guys that just shut down, it's no different than with players. The guys that can't handle it and can't deal with it, they're the guys that don't improve. We got to get better. We all know that. What was your experience? Because I know that you were quoted at times, and 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 this like there were there was a reporter there from the Edmonton uh, Journal's uh, Oilers website was there, and uh, I know I was down in St. Louis, Brian, and I was getting people texting me literally word by word analysis of what Bob uh, Nicholson was saying. What what's been your experience in, a, in your role in Calgary and, and other places where you did these season seat older events? Well, you got to face the music when you have a bad year. You've got to admit that. The, the problem with Canadian fans is they're sophisticated. I mean, that's a wonderful thing, but it's a problem, too, because you can't BS them. You can't ignore them. They know a lot about hockey, and they love their team. So you've got to face up to it when you when you struggle. Your best customers are your season ticket holders. They, they are owed, direct, and complete answers. And so what, what uh, Bobby did today, I didn't know what was going on today, but it doesn't surprise me. But I, I met with the season ticket holders. We did season ticket holder meetings every off season, whether we had a great year or a poor year. We did them in Calgary. We did them in Vancouver. We did them in Anaheim. Uh, those are your best customers. You've got you to gotta talk to them, and you've got to give them a chance to ask very direct questions. And uh, you didn't have to do it in Toronto because the corporations own 75% of the tickets, right? I'm just having... No, but we but we did some th- yeah. we did some stuff with season ticket holders in Toronto. We did limited focus groups and we my first year there, I said when was the last time we reviewed the music? So we went through the whole playlist with about 300 season ticket holders and went through the food and beverage options and scoreboard displays. They liked yeah. the Kiss Cam, they didn't like this other thing. So we we gave them as much voice as we could. We changed the starting time in Vancouver. When I went there in '98, it was 7:30, and and the fan, the season ticket holder, said we'd like to start at seven. So we moved it to seven. I mean, you, you got to listen to your best customers. And when you have a year like Edmonton has had, so I I mean, and full disclosure here, Brian, the Oilers basically rotate. They've got about 6,700 to 7,000 season seat holders, and they try to rotate them all through the course of three-year periods. So they'll do like 2,000, 2,300 people each sort of year, and it's an opt-in thing. Uh, so we did one last year, and I was on the ice with uh, with Bob and Peter and then my broadcast partner, Jack Michaels, and, you know, there was an expectation that there would be improvement after last year's underwhelming performance, especially given the fact that the team was expected to win the Cup. So you can imagine given who had been fired subsequent to that, how how challenging that is for, you know, not just the president of the owners. I mean, this Bob's the, the vice chair of the company. I mean, he's he, he oversees the business side, too. These are not easy situations to be a part of. But conversely, and right, there, there were some tough, tough questions this morning. Like, it was, I think the point got across pretty succinctly. Did you ever catch yourself chuckling or, or laughing at... Uh, uh, anything that somebody sort of asked you, or, or was there anything surprising along the way? Wow, I didn't think of that. Because most of the stuff today was driven and geared towards uh, uh, on ice performance. And, and, you know, one of the questions I was asked today is why should we believe you again? Like, you know what? You sat there up there a year ago. Peter said it's going to be better, and it's not better. Now, the owners could be marginally better. So, I mean, just, just from your perspective on that, do you recall a couple tough years in a row that maybe you had to deal with it? 
Yeah, we, you know, my first year in Vancouver, 98-99, I fired Mike Keenan. Um, we were awful. And um, it was, I remember at the end of the year, we had our breakup party. And I said, uh, I told the, the team, I said, make sure you say goodbye to everyone here because half of you aren't coming back. I was so mad at that team. I, I couldn't stand that team. And I couldn't wait to get rid of a bunch of them. Same thing my first two years in Toronto. I, I, I hated that team. I hated the players. I hated their attitude. And so you go right from that to your season ticket over meeting. And, and guess what? If you're mad at your players, they're, really- they're even madder at your players. Yeah. Now, the good thing is... Canadians, in addition to being very sophisticated, are very polite. So even the hard questions, I always love the Canadian, you know, and again, being a Canadian myself uh, for 30 years now, or close to 30 years, I always love the polite way. And so they might say, why should we believe you? But they'd say, I'm sorry, but why should we believe you? That's exactly what happened today. Unfailingly polite, unfailingly polite, but hard questions. And these aren't small checks. Like, I'm a season ticket holder in Toronto. I, I write a check here every year. They're not small checks. We don't. They, these are not small investments for people. For a lot of people, especially in the oil patch, it's been hit so hard. This is a choice between a, a summer vacation and the, somewhere nice and going to hockey games. Yep. So they're entitled to ask the questions. And, and I think knowing Bobby, he would have been truthful. said, look, I can't guarantee we're going to be better. I can't guarantee that. That's the plan, though, and we do have a plan to starting hiring with the GM and, and go, and here's the steps that we intend to take. So the one good thing is, and this will sound like a really jerk comment, but it's not meant to be, they can't go very far but, uh, any other way but up. Like, as poor as the year has been, they will be better next year. That's my confident prediction. Are they in a unique spot because they have McDavid and Settle? Yeah, you, you've got – let me tell you how many people are going to apply for the GM job in Edmonton, despite the cap situation, despite the economy there, despite uh, the finish, you know, despite the non-playoffs if they miss. You know how many people are going to apply for that job? About 4,000 because you've got the best player in the game, one of the top 20 players in the game, and Leon Dreisaitl are top 30. You can argue about whatever it is. You've got um, a great market. You've got a new building. Like this, it's going to go up fast. It's just hard to see that when you're playing like you are right now. Yeah, well, and it's you know when you come off two straight games, as we went through the game against Vegas on on Sunday night and uh, St. Louis on Tuesday, I was sitting there on the plane flying back, Brian, and I was like, "All blank. This is going to suck on Thursday morning, <laughs> right?" Because you know, and full justification. Because if I'm feeling that way watching the Oilers get drilled by St. Louis, I know exactly what the fans are thinking. We're joined by exactly Brian. I, you know what? Every day on this show, I get the, and it's not all the texters, but all the narrative. So the Oilers fired Peter Shirelli, and now it's the old boys network again. So, again, can you give some clarity? Since you spoke to Peter, you have a relationship with Peter. Do you, because Bob Nicholson stated today that Peter Shirelli had autonomy. Do you believe Peter Shirelli had autonomy? Well, no GM has autonomy, but I believe he had as much autonomy. Like, okay, when I was the GM, the acting GM in Calgary, I had full autonomy in the sense that I was in charge of hockey operations. But I have a boss. I had a boss, Ken King. Yep. And I had an owner. So no one has complete autonomy. What you have is 
the complete authority to recommend things to ownership. Ownership still has the right to say no sure. on the basis of money or budget. They still have the right to say no on the basis of some other reason that you haven't thought of. But I think Peter had as much autonomy as anyone else has. And I think if, if you're going to attribute, and when I got let go in Toronto, I stood up at my press conference and said, the reason I'm here today is because I didn't, didn't win enough games. I didn't blame anybody. I didn't blame anyone for anything. It was right. my fault. And I think Peter would say the same thing. Look, I had enough autonomy that these decisions were, in fact, my own. And I'll take full responsibility for that. Is the narrative of the Oilers' old boy network tired, in your opinion? Or is there is there some legitimacy to it? Well, I'm, I haven't been close enough to watch it firsthand. Okay. My sense is... They have put up firewalls. People love to bring up Kevin Lowe's name. Kevin Lowe is not involved on the hockey side at all, from what I've been told. He's actively involved on the building and business side. Um, And I will tell you one thing. From dealing with this show and this team and and texting and talking with Keith Gretzky, I sure hope people aren't excluding him because of his last name. He really impresses me. Uh, In my mind, he is due an interview, and I'll scream and yell on this show if he doesn't get one. And I, I don't know him. I, you know, I just know him from dealing with him on this show and this team and saying hi to him over the years. But I hope he's a serious candidate. So I don't think the Old Boy Network is rooted in there. I think it's useful to have a powerful alumni. We did in Calgary. Yep. No one ever said there was an Old Boy Network in Calgary, but we had a real strong alumni group, and it's good that the Oilers do too. I think you can put up firewalls and have those people around and have some input from them without having them influence the decision-making. All right, I'm going to totally throw a curveball at you. The Calgary Flames have searched Brad Treliving, who you hired, searched everywhere for players. And I know stories about Glenn Gullitson running practices with uh, during development camps because you guys were worried about long-term player procurement with potential NCAA free agents. And the other day... And remember, I'm a former University of Alberta. Oh, here we go. I know where this is going. Okay. The other day, uh, full compliments to the Flames. They sent uh, Craig Conroy, who's a good guy, in a Regina to go see Luke Phillip. I can't even remember, uh, Brian. And I, I'm a bit of a know-it-all, as you know. I can't remember the last player to get signed straight out of U Sports Hockey in Canada. But the Flames... What, what the, about Derek Ryan? Well, but he, he played over in... He went oh, yeah, he went overseas. He went to Austria for three years. He went to uh, Sweden for a year. He was the Swedish League MVP. And then I couldn't convince Peter Shirelli to sign him. Uh, but anyhow, I digress. <laughs> so, so uh, well, I say, if I'm not mistaken, Brad Treliving stayed behind and went to that tournament in Lethbridge, too, yes, to watch these kids. And, and so just, I mean, it's, it's, it's a terrific story, but does it reinforce that organizations have to be relentless in their pursuit of players, and you have to grind? Well, he's got to play first before I'll concede that point. But the general point that you've got to turn over every stone, every player you get that plays that didn't cost you an asset is a free player. If you don't have to expend a draft pick and you sign Luke Phillip and he ends up playing, he's a Canmore kid, grew up as a Flames fan. It's a great story. It is a great story. And they're very excited about him. They, they think he's going to play. Every guy you get like that. You know, like these guys are Spencer, you know, Spencer Fu, these guys, every guy you get like that, if he makes your team, that's a free player. You didn't give up a draft pick. You just gave up some cash. So, yes, turn over the stones. 
I know a bunch of teams were in on this kid, though. It wasn't just the Flames. Oh, yeah. Dallas was definitely in on him hard. Uh, I know Detroit came in late into the picture. There were, there were lots of teams checking him out. Um, and I think I tweeted about him about 15 times during the course of the season. Do you remember, do you remember Darcy Campbell? Out of Alaska Fairbanks, he signed with the Blue Jackets uh, before Housen was there. Might have been the last year that your compatriot Doug uh, McLean was. Uh, yep, I remember the name. Yep. And because and this this is when you could actually front load like there were there was not the same restrictions on the entry level contracts so you can sign guys. This is before the uh, 12-13 lockout, right? Because <laughs> the guy never met. Like and he got front. Lo- I mean how. Did you put it this way? When you managed, did you ever guarantee NCAA players that they get NHL playing time if they signed right away? No. You never did that, eh? No, but we did. I represented way back. I represented Ray Stasak, who oh, was wow with Detroit. Yeah. With Jimmy Devolato. Yep, and um, I represented Ray when he signed with Detroit, and you know, I was back in the heyday, you know, when the free agents there's no entry level system cap and guys were getting big dough and Dwight Mathiason with the Canucks before that. I think that I think one of the best free agent signings out of college ever was Joel Otto. Yes, out of Bemidji. Yep, and that was Cliff Fletcher. I represented Joel as well when I was a lawyer. So Chris Kunitz that David McNabb signed. I mean, there's been Tyler Bozak. Tyler, there's, to me, there's been some good ones. In the last, I don't know, since uh, Bozak to me has been the best over the last 50. I mean, Kunitz has had a good career obviously out of fair State, but uh, Bozak coming out of Denver for me is probably the other one, frankly, is uh, I'm trying to think, if you drafted, were you in Anaheim in 08? Did you draft? It's It was a little bit different situation because Justin Schultz, uh, you know, but he he opted out of signing with Anaheim and then became a free agent. Then Edmonton ended up getting Justin Schultz. Did you draft? Were you part of the Anaheim staff that drafted Schultz in 08? What what draft? His draft year was 08. I yes, then I would have been because I left in the fall of 08. Yeah, he was a second round pick of the Ducks in 08. So yeah, yeah so I mean, there's uh, to me, Bozak and Schultz would probably be the. It, it is, a, and again, it's a free player, right? So take yep. take your swing. I mean, Maximilian Verano scored last night for. Pierre Dorian's uh, Ottawa Senators. We're joined right now by Brian Burke. Brian, we've noticed a, a bit of a some of the skill guys in the league. McDavid gets a two-game suspension for a hit. Eichel got suspended for a couple games. Uh, is this the George Peros? Is this a byproduct of some of the top-end guys? Maybe not. You know, maybe needed to retaliate to create a little bit more space for themselves. Uh, are we to read something in this? How? How? You know, what goes through that process when it involves a star player in the league? Because you've been well, in that chair, too. When I, when I did it, I had to suspend some uh, star players, too. I suspended Tamu Solani, and he's still mad at me. I suspended some star players, but I, I think the suspensions have been fair. Now, people in Edmonton were upset about Connor's suspension. I wasn't. My test is plus or minus one. I'm good with it. Because I, I used to people would scream and say, how could Brian Burke give him three games? It should have been four. And I'm like, you idiots weren't in the hearing. You didn't see the medical report. You don't know anything what's going on. So I give player safety plus or minus one game. So if Connor had gotten one or two, that's fine with me. I thought it was I thought it was fair. I thought he got the guy right in the head. I think they have to enforce the standard with star players the same as they do with everybody else, or the union would be in an uproar. How come Radko Gudis doesn't get suspended more? Well, I think when he's, when he's had it coming, I, I think Pronger got suspended eight times. I think Gudis is up to five now or four. I, yeah. I think when he deserves it, he gets it. He shouldn't be penalized just because he's been suspended. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I, that's the last I will ever have Chris Pronger and Radko Kunis. <laughs> and, and one final one for you. Um, did you see Zach Cassian fight uh, Patrick Maroon? And had you heard the backstory about the fact that they'd gone out? Uh, yeah. Pat Maroon invited uh, McDavid and Cassian over to his place for dinner the night before. Is that not as is that not what makes hockey great? Is it was outstanding. The, the the fight was great, and then the backstory was even better. You gotta love it, eh? I loved it. It was great. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, Maroon was running around a bit. Uh, the uh, Maple Leafs are they going to be able to get out of this? Like Brian, I I predicted them to to beat Boston in the opening round of the playoffs because I figure. If Mike Babcock can win a national championship at the University of Lethbridge, then Mike Babcock with John Tavares and Jake Muzzin added can uh, get the Maple Leafs past Boston. Am I going to be wrong here? I think the the overwhelming consensus here in Toronto is that they may not win a game against Boston. I, I see it as very differently. Last time Boston took these guys out, they did not have John Tavares. Yeah. And he's just having a sensational year. So I think it's much closer than the experts here think it is. Much appreciated as always, Brian. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Bob. My pleasure. You bet. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, courtesy of our friends at Canadian Power Pack, that is Brian Burke. It is 125. We'll take a timeout. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Again, Brian Burke's appearances each week are brought to you by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. And some guests in Oilers Now receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. The Oilers and the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. Uh, out with a minor tweak is Sergei Bobrovsky. To paraphrase a highly, significantly more talented broadcaster than myself. Uh, instead, it'll be Jonas Corposalo against Miko Koskinen. The Oilers beating the Blue Jackets Four nothing earlier this year. We will tell you that uh, Tom McClellan nine ten and one as head coach of the Oilers. Ken Hitchcock twenty three twenty four and six. So in Bettman math, uh, both coaches basically a game under five hundred with this year's team. Uh, tonight, Nugent Hopkins to start the game with Connor McDavid, Drysaddle, Center Lucic, and Alex Chason. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back in Oilers now, we will hook up with Kurt Hill. He is the GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings. We'll also talk to Jody Shelley. He's the Blue Jackets broadcaster. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.